What's happening, bruh? What up, man? Doing a little uh, uh, morning reading. SAG after talk suspended. That sucks for those guys. Um, I thought they were. I thought that was over. I know the writers uh, agreed, but I thought that was over. Yeah, so we ended up going back to the uh, negotiating table. The SAG after did. And they thought that they had, they thought that they were making uh, in some inroads. So SAG, they went back to the negotiation table. SAG presented their offer. And apparently, it, they tried to do the same thing with SAG that they did to the that they did to the writers, basically giving them a deal that was had less value than the first offer. Mm-hmm. So they went back, and um, the the studio sent them uh, a response to SAG's offer. SAG responded to them again, and then those guys, the studios just said, fuck this, we're walking away. So, negotiations broke down. And that sucks, because, uh, ooh, you're talking about people being, you know what, speaking of SAG after, <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that, like, I'm, I'm very, very pro-union, particularly when it comes to industries like ours. Sure. Because we don't get enough and all those things. But I think what's fucked is after is just not strong. It's why? not strong at all. And I don't I I, I don't know why. Because I, I, there there's no um I don't see anybody breaking or crossing the picket lines. You know, there's no there's no scab behavior best I can tell. Um, you know, no, no one is out there independently acting on television or in movies because, in essence, production's been shut down, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The SAG side always decent. It's the after side that is not now, that, that what's strong. The, what's the after after that's side? The, that's the radio side. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> that's, that's the radio well, side. I mean, it's, you just you basically have a bunch of just feral beings um, <laughs> if yeah, you're talking radio. That's essentially what it, it, and it's too bad though because if they did decide to, uh, and the thing about unions, man, is that if they are united, they can be pretty fucking powerful. Sure, but you know, people, self interest, all that stuff, which I completely understand and I get. Uh, you got to eat, but man, there there have been definitely been times over the last thirty years, particularly when I was in radio full time, where I was like, I wish we'd fucking strike. I wish we would strike because some of the stuff, like just the way interns were treated, the expectations that, that, that as an intern myself, it, I was like, wow, this is rough. And everybody mm-hmm. was like, you're in builds your character. I don't need my character built like that. <laughs> I, I didn't need that. And I love Bob Agnew and Pat Olson and all those guys. I, they, they were great, ultimately. But yeah, yeah, some of that stuff I wasn't cool with. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> those are those are two names, especially Pat Olson. Those are names I haven't heard in a long, long time. Flashback, baby. Pat Olson was my very first "quote unquote" professional boss. Yeah. Uh, as an intern, I came there, and then when I was a producer at KMBR, he was like the head of all the producers. So he oh, managed yeah. the thing. Yeah. So that I love Pat. Pat is a very cool dude. Ra- radio. He was too cool and chill for radio. Man, Pat Olson, jeez, <laughs> and he, he's still doing play by play, by the way. Yeah, he, he does. Um, the dog uh, USF, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still doing it, and I'm really happy that he's still doing it. Oh, dude, let me tell you, 
one night, um, Pat Olson invited me to, you know, to come out and um, watch him and help him do play-by-play. Do mm-hmm. just produce the GF Don's basketball guy. I've never this is. I've never felt more blacker than this this night, and, I, and you'll hear this explained when I come to to the end of this. So we're there. It's a jan- it's January. I want to say. I remember this kind of vividly. It's January. It is storming in San Francisco, pouring down rain. And we're over there doing the game. Game is over. Everybody leaves. I didn't have a car. So I had to take the bus. And so I get on the bus and it takes me over into, what is there? Um, the hate. Yeah. It takes me, bus drops me off in the hate. I have to transfer to another bus to get to BART. I am standing there in the rain, dude, and no bus is coming. <laughs> so, so I'm like, okay, well, I guess I got to get a Honestly, I'm there for a half hour, 40 minutes waiting for a bus, and I realize, okay, the bus is no longer running. So I'm trying to hail it. Remember cabs? I'm trying to hail oh, a yeah. cab. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, I'm waiting for the cab. And, dude, I'm standing in the middle of the fucking rain. All the cabs, will, no cab will stop for me. Not one, and then there and there were a plethora of cabs back then. And I'm telling you, right, none, probably, and I'm a, a conservative estimate is maybe four or five cabs mm-hmm. drove right by me as I'm sticking my hand out to it. I one cab drove right by me to go pick up somebody else who I know had hadn't been out standing out there as long as I had been. And so I said, "Oh shit, this is some racist shit." Yeah. Yeah, it's what the guys in New York used to talk about all the time, bro. I this is what I had to do, and I and I felt so fucking humiliated. And I'm a twenty something year old kid. I uh, I stepped out. I found this white couple. There's a white couple there. I said, and I'm like, listen, cabs aren't stopping for me. Well, why aren't they stopping for you? I said, I think it's a black thing, and you know, it's night, and I'm sure they're scared of black people, etc. Would you mind just hailing the cab? The cab. So you, yeah. then you jump in it. <laughs> yep, yep, that's exactly it. So they, they went out there. It's they, not funny, but <laughs> it, dude. I mean, Rod, you want to talk about instant success? These this couple steps out there. The woman raises her hand. The cab pulls up. And I jump my black ass in, and he was shook, shook. He said, well, this is cap for them. I said, no, no, man. This is for me. None of y'all, been, none of y'all stopping for me tonight, so I'm going to go ahead and take this cap. Is there a problem with taking this? Well, like, so is it is it like uh, like Old West Settlers Law? Like once <laughs> once you occupy the cab, it's your cab. It doesn't right. matter actually who hailed it down. Goddamn right, dude. Goddamn right. <laughs> I, um, you know, I, it's, I think back to when – two things when i lived in the city and i had to take cabs or that was an option yeah uh to take a cab and also when cabs were available and that's a different conversation i'll get into mm-hmm. but um yeah i remember being at times frustrated because cabs wouldn't stop i it, it made it's because it, i could be painfully naive about stuff like this i mean and i'm 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 being honest just my own sure sure personal life experiences I, I i know racism exists and 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 i know that people have been um racist towards me but 
I'm so clueless at times and I'm so naive. Like I'm naive when people are hitting on me. I'm completely mm-hmm. and totally yeah. naive about it. I just, I have no, Yeah. I'm, I'm just dumb about it. I have no instinct to pick up when somebody is hitting yeah. on me. I, I can, unless somebody is being overtly racist, I am just so stupid and mm. so naive that I can just not be really paying attention. Yeah. Um, so I think back on all the times I would stand there and try to get a cab. You know, I'd be on fucking Geary Street or something like that. And I'd be yeah. like, well, their light isn't on. They should be they should be stopping. Or, you know, it's, it's <laughs> stupid cab driver there. You know, the old like, light isn't on. I don't I don't see any people in the back of that cab. Why are yep. they stopping for me? Like, well, you know, you think about it critically or just stop being so goddamn naive, Rod. You realize that no, they're not stopping because <laughs> they don't. They don't want a giant black man uh, getting uh, getting yeah. in their cab. So, you know, uh, so all, all that being said, I, I, this might be bad karma. You know, God don't like ugly. Mm-hmm. But um, the fact that the cab industry is all but dead because of ride sharing. I, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Because even if you did get a cab, you want to talk about just literally. And this is not an uh, uh, an inappropriate or wrong use of the word literally. Mm-hmm. The worst customer service experience in the United States of America is getting into a fucking cab mm. in a major city in New York, San mm. Francisco, Talk or Chicago. Just first off, you just you're being ripped off. Oh yeah. The the the, the drivers are <clears throat> <laughs> sketchy. At best, talk about um, it. the safety record is horrific. It's it's so I I love driving through San Francisco now. And remember how there just used to be cabs everywhere, everywhere. You don't see them now. No, you don't see them. It's been a while no. since I've been in New York. I don't know how it is there, um, but I know in San Francisco, you know, you go back twenty years ago, mm-hmm. and and you know farther back cabs everywhere now it's like seeing bigfoot in the fucking wild You're like yes, oh my sir. god look at that it's, yeah it's, look at that why, why is that car yellow well it's, it's a cab what's a cab yeah. um, if, if you see a cab and a payphone in the same day you've gone back in time <laughs> <laughs> if you've seen a cab and a payphone you have a strange relationship with an eccentric scientist that lives outside of town and for some reason has a DeLorean. <laughs> what are you looking for? A fucking blacksmith, too? <laughs> That's hilarious. Because you're right. <laughs> it is another edition of your favorite podcast. Indeed, it is quality hang. Uh, you are currently in the present. You have not traveled back in time, or have you? I'm Rod Brooks, and as always, I'm joined by my partner in crime, the oh, king of New Orleans, Marcus Osborne. How you doing, brother? Dude, I'm so good. You are bringing up some memories, and it is so alarmingly clear what has happened to the cab industry, dude. You are on point. You don't see cabs anywhere. And you know what, Rod? They have only had themselves to blame for this. Mm-hmm. Because the cabs were always shitty, they're always dirty, and I get it, there's a bunch of different people in there, etc. But it's weird how most of these Ubers and Lyfts manage to keep their cars in pretty decent condition, 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the the taxi industry, and and I learned this, you know, from living in San Francisco and and being in the Bay Area as long as I have. The taxi industry was well, like a lot of longstanding industries. It was corrupt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that you not anybody could just drive a cab. You had to get basically a license, or they called it a medallion. Yep. And that was all, you know, just um, it, it just corrupt and oh, underhanded. Yeah. And the companies, you know, they had a monopoly. Um, you didn't have competing cab companies. You had one or two, definitely yep. no more than a handful. Yep. Uh, so they had all, you know, there was it was it was like the mob. They had all yep. staked out their territory, they, and they all, you know, had their piece of the pie. And there might have been some infighting, but for the most part, they were they were united in keeping what was theirs and screwing the customers. And they yep. thought it was going to live forever. The next thing you know, Uber and Lyft and ride sharing came along, and now. Uh, cabs are as, uh, as dead as Napoleon. And yep. like I said earlier, good because it was just an awful, terrible yeah. fucking. I remember, like, you, you, you would call to get a cab and they would be so nasty to you on the phone. Yeah. Or, you know, they, it's, it's going to be 40 minutes, like 40 fucking minutes for a 40 goddamn minutes? cab. Like, I see 20 of them driving by in front of my house yeah. right now. And, you yeah. know, if they would show up, and it's just, it was, it was just well, terrible. So. Yeah, that was that that was the worst, right? Like if you had to take a you you were going to the airport and you want to take a cab and the motherfucking yeah. cab would take forever or yeah. wouldn't just wouldn't show up or yeah. depending on the neighborhood you lived in wouldn't even come to your neighborhood wouldn't yeah. drive you into your neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, you got what yeah. you deserve, or, or, cab industry. Or, or or if you didn't know where you were going, you went from a place they would mm-hmm. just they would they would take the Magellan route. So uh, the fare would be <laughs> exactly right. would be higher. I it just it just popped into my head. Yeah, you know trips to Vegas and and if you knew someone who was was hip to the game or you'd been there a while, you would be cognizant of the, the if you've never been to Vegas, the airport is not far from the strip <laughs> at all. No, it's not like at all. Two miles as the crow flies. So and there's there's traffic, but really it's just a series of of, of ninety degree turns and bam, you're on the strip. Well, yeah. unscrupulous cab drivers in Vegas would take you a, the long way, which is through like a, an underground tunnel and all mm-hmm. that shit, uh, mm-hmm. just so they could so the ride would be longer and the yeah. fare would be higher. Like now with ride sharing and and because of smartphones as well. Yep. You have the map on your phone. It's impossible for them to do that. Like the cab industry yep. forever had been getting away with ripping people off that were unfamiliar with the city that they were that they were in uh, by by taking uh, uh, an indirect way from point A to point B. That's just some absolute bullshit. And, and yeah. you know, I think, you know, the time I went to London, those cabs were clean Mm. The cab drivers were at, at were at a minimum just chill. Yeah. You know, or they would they would be actually courteous and, and decent people. Yeah. You never felt like you were being ripped off. You never felt like you were in an uncomfortable situation. Like the, the cab industry here, it's again, it's terrible to root for someone's or or an entity's demise that that uh you know that when you're talking about human beings, but yeah. ultimately, fuck them. Yeah. Fuck them. Well, you're not rooting for them to be gone. You're rooting for them to be better. And if you can't be better, then be yeah, gone. Fuck them. <laughs> you ain't doing nobody no good. Nope. Um, how was your? What, were you for a game in London? Yeah, for a for a Niner game. Um, this was in 20, 
2010. Okay. I think. Was that um, your first time there? That was my first time there. Yeah, 2010. So yeah, it was. The, it was. I got back the day the Giants won their first World Series. So, oh, okay. That was a yeah. Big, I got back. That was crazy, Jesus. So yeah, it was. It was Halloween week of 2010. Yeah. We're going to go to. Uh, we're going to London and Paris. Uh, in February, my first Ooh. trip to London ever, so I'm the, I'm I'm jazzed about it. So you got to tell me how you liked it. Yeah, I mean it's it's um, it's it's London, you know. It's like that yeah. place has been around for fucking ever. Yeah. Um, you know, it's you get there and and there's just history, uh, <laughs> good and bad all over the place. The museums yeah. are awesome. Um, you know, you go to the British Museum which is the 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 home to the most stolen artifacts on the oh, planet shit. earth yeah. and you, but and, and you walk right in the door and there's the rosetta stone right in front of you it's mm. fucking wild though you know you see artifacts from ancient greece and i, I yeah. love the signs they have around there that say acquired by the british museum which is a very <laughs> british way of saying we stole this shit yeah. what you going to do about it punk yeah. it's my um, bike punk yeah exactly <laughs> It's my Rosetta Stone, punk. Um, it's my Rosetta Stone, chap. Um, the, the, yeah, you know, it's it's just it's fucking awesome. Um, there, there's not the air of menace in London that you feel in big cities here because everybody's that armed to the teeth. Yeah, um, and that's so that true. that so that was really fucking cool. Wow. Um, the one thing, no, <laughs> I laugh about it because it's funny. You will never get used to not just cars driving on the opposite side of the street, but what you as a pedestrian have to do because things are the opposite than they are here. So imagine you're walking and it's a four-way stop in uh, uh, downtown San Francisco. All right. You had a street corner. Yeah. It's your time to walk. Okay. Yeah. What direction do you look in first before you step off the curb that's a good question i think i look left you look of course you look left because that's where the traffic is coming from right we drive on the right side of the street so Mm -hmm. as you're standing on the curb the 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 sign says walk you look over your left shoulder to see if anyone has run the light or if a car is coming into the crosswalk so you look over your left shoulder you've been doing that marcus for your entire life. That's right. You do it without thinking. You do it reflexively. It is an involuntary um, reaction. Well, in London, because the cars are driven on the left side, of, uh, yeah, on the left side of the road, mm. if you look left, cars not coming in that direction. If you look over your right shoulder, yeah. that's where the car is coming from. Well, I got there. I was somewhat jet lagged <laughs> and I went to Piccadilly Circus because I was like, we got there like oh, nine o'clock in the that. morning, London time, right? We got there nine o'clock in the morning, London time, yeah. which was like five o'clock um, um, United States time, five o'clock California time. And I didn't, and it was an overnight flight and I didn't want to fall asleep. So I'm like, I got to stay up. I'm just going to walk around London. And this is pre-smartphone, pre-everything. So I didn't know where I was going, right? I just I had a I had a map that I got from the hotel. Other than that, I didn't know where I was going. So I was like, I'm just gonna walk to Piccadilly Circuit. So I walked there and first street corner I get to, right? 
says walk and I look over my left shoulder and I hear a very European horn honk. Like, eh. <laughs> I almost got the fuck run over because I looked left instead of right, which is where the fucking traffic is coming from. <laughs> so my point is, 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 so I was there for a week and I was in various states of, 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 um, you know, inebriation over the course of the week. At, uh, at times I was sober, at times I was not sober. But I was just like, Lord, if you're listening, as your humble servant, I don't ask for much, but I ask for this. Please don't let me get run over in the most hilarious way by a, by a London taxi or big red double-decker bus because I am not looking right. I'm looking be left worst. as I always done in my time. Because and so for the rest of the week, I would literally every time I got to a corner, I would say to myself, Hey man, look the other way first before right. you step off this curb, before you end up kissing the front of them giant red double decker buses. So that that's so that that's my advice to you is um is make sure you look right. Every single time, because if you look left, you are taking your life into your own hands. This is actually perfect because I've gotten practice here in New Orleans over the last year and a half with my head on a swivel at every intersection. Well, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's just as good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep your head on the swivel. That'll work as well. Plus, you know, stop signs and lights are mere suggestions around here. So, uh, yeah, your boy's always like back and forth with me. Good. Tola, Tola's good. not as good as me at that, but I am great at that. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's it. New Orleans. You will definitely get run the hell over. I'm I'm geeked. I'm I'm ready to get there, dude. I'm so jazzed to go and check the place out. Uh, I'm at an age where I need to be doing a lot more traveling. I've told myself that this is the the, the time in life where I want to go and see the world while yeah. I'm still physically able to do that shit. And you know, if you get the opportunity, um, check out a soccer game. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, check yeah. out a check out a Premier League game they have in London. One, two, three. In February. Um, oh yeah, in February. Yeah, they'll they'll the season is still be going. It'll be the okay. middle of the season. Um, I'm actually making a note right now. Yeah, let me let me know when you're going, and then we'll 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 see what the schedule is like. Uh, February twentieth, um, we're leaving. February twentieth. Yeah. Uh, ba -ba 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 -ba. We'll do this on the podcast. Why not Premier yeah. League? schedule um because yeah they have a handful of teams in london sweet um including the team that i fell in love with when i went there and i saw a match west ham united they don't play at that um they don't play at that stadium anymore that i went to but they still play in yeah um, london obviously and it will it will absolutely rewire your brain I, I, actually, that's that's so cool. I do want to go see a, a real football game. That'd be great. That'd be hella cool. See people February. going fucking crazy. Nice. Drinking and shit. Throwing stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, it's 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 such a like the I, the first thing I thought of was going there. Um, Raider fans think they're so rough. They think they're so tough. But y'all ain't got shit on. <laughs> On soccer fans, oh, the, ain't got the, nothing. The soccer, soccer hooligans fans. are not people. I mean, you want to get a bunch of sloshed up Europeans? Nah, I'm good. They have been they have been rooting for these teams, playing yeah. the exact same game 
Yeah. For over 130 years. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good. You know what I mean? That yeah. that ain't that ain't that ain't no <laughs> that ain't that ain't I'm a Raider fan because my dad was a Raider fan back in 1975. Like that's child's play. Yeah. <laughs> These my ancestors rooted for this team. <laughs> yeah. My my great 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 grandfather rooted for this team playing the same game in the exact same location back in 1875. Any any game where there's a fence, <clears throat> it, it tells me that it gets crazy there. So here's the thing, and they still do this. I, I got off the train and walked down Green Street, which is where uh, the old West Ham football ground, as they call it, used to be, and was immediately just swept up and like physically swept up. It was it was like it was like being on Bourbon Street during Mardi Gras, where you're going to go you're going to go where the crowd takes you. Right. And the, the crowd in this case was taking me and everybody else from the train at, Green, at the Green Street Station down the street to um, to Upton Park where West Ham United used to play. Anyway, long story long, there is a bar, a pub, pardon me, um, right near the stadium. And it had on these giant picture windows just a, a piece of paper. Handwritten signs on all, let's say, four or five of the windows, however many there were. And it simply said, visiting supporters not allowed. Translation, mm. wow. if you root for the other team, you cannot come in this bar. Wow. That's how serious they are about this shit. The wow. fans, you go to a you go to any sporting event in the United States of America, you are free to sit yeah. wherever you wherever you want to sit. If you bought that ticket, you can sit where you want to sit. And you might end up sitting next to an opposing fan. You might yeah. end up sitting in a section that's full of opposing fans. Absolutely not in English Premier League soccer. You get a ticket. It tells you which gate you go into. And if you are a fan of the other team and you're going to a road game, they literally have you in a section where you are cordoned off mm. from the rest of the stadium. And mm. they will have there will be a barrier. There'll be stairs. But on those stairs, going all the way up from yeah. the field, all the way up to the top of whatever the section is, there is, they call them stewards, but there's yeah. a security guard on every step Damn. facing the opposing fans. And on the <laughs> other side of the stairs, right? So we're talking two feet on the other, three feet on the other side of the stairs facing the home team. There's stewards, security guards facing them. Because if you didn't have them there, there would be confrontations, <laughs> fights, or they would they would be throwing shit. Damn, like That's literal insane, shit or bags of piss. God right? Damn, you can't drink, and you can't take a beer or have a beer at your seat. Jesus that shit, that shit is long gone. You so cannot nobody, nobody, do that. Nobody. Nobody's going up going, hey, mate, it's just a game. No, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. So seeing that for the first time. Yeah. Like that experience was like, holy shit. Like we Man. think we think we are rough and tough sports fans. I don't mm -hmm. hear a goddamn thing about how raucous the Philadelphia Phillies crowd is for these current postseason yeah. uh, uh, Major League Baseball playoff games. Fuck Philly fans. Fuck Raider fans. Fuck, 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 fuck them all. <laughs> yeah. They have nothing 
on fans of English Premier League teams. And I haven't even gotten into what they do in, in Italy and well, in dude, Spain. It aren't, they, aren't they like murdering officials and shit like that when they make them yeah oh yeah well, yeah like in south yeah. america yeah oh, it's don't, crazy. don't 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 be a, uh, a soccer referee and make the wrong call like they 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 oh, will man. kill you it's, it's a Absolutely. remedy oh yeah you got to go into witness protection we're, we're not the, the closest thing we have to to soccer fandom european and south american soccer fandom in this country is college football that's yeah. as close as we could get because that's that same wild. game has been played by those same teams in a lot of the same stadiums for, you know, 90, yeah. 100, 115, 120 years yeah. in certain cases. Yeah. That's it's as insane. close as we get. But it, it still, it pales in comparison. And I'm not saying how they get down in European and South American soccer is right. I'm yeah, just saying sure. we think we have perfected how to be diehard fans over here. No, we haven't. <laughs> yeah, well, no, we haven't. Well, one thing's for sure: uh, that the whole idea of not allowing other fans inside. Maybe they should uh, institute that at Allegiant Stadium, so the Raiders could actually have some of their own fans. In there. Ah, <laughs> shots fired! But you know what, though, we are NFL games, and and this this was a thing even back when I was sideline reporter for the Niners and the Raiders. You would see a fight in the stands. Sure. But th- like that was just part of the deal. Yeah. Now, man, it's fucking Armageddon, dude. It, it yeah. is it has gotten really 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 bad and the NFL will never address it. Um they will never address it outwardly and I don't think it will ever I don't think I will see in my lifetime of covering this 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 sport. I don't think I will see the NFL doing what they do in English soccer where they they just section off opposing fans to keep the peace. I, I don't, because that would be an admission by the NFL that they have a problem and the NFL will never admit that. Um, I don't think we will see it, but I think it would absolutely help because the behavior at NFL games, and you can see it now, you know, every, every, every Monday there's footage of some yeah. just brawl at yeah. an NFL stadium. And it's not just the dudes, it's the ladies too. Yeah. Um, I think it would be helpful because the in-stadium NFL experience has gotten very, very ugly. Well, do they have a cap on the number of drinks you can have yet? Or, or, or what? Fuck no. Yeah. I mean, that, that's no. a huge part of it, right? And you, you already come in blotto yeah. because, because of the tailgate. Dude, so we did, we did the, the post-game show, at Le- the pre- and the post-game show at Levi's yeah. before and after the, the game this past Sunday against mm-hmm. the Cowboys. By the way, we're taping this episode of Quality Hang on Thursday morning, October 12th. Um, so, because it's so hard to get into Levi Stadium, where the Niners play, for those of you who don't know, um, I got there hours early. I got there at two, about 11.45. The, the kickoff was at 5.20. The gates to get in to park the tailgate didn't open until, I think it was 1.30. Matter of fact, I know it was 1.30. Dog, there was a line at least a mile long. Damn. Two two lanes of a three-lane thoroughfare thick of Mm. people who were lined up outside of the parking gates, parking lot gates at Levi Stadium, just to get in when the gates open at 1.30 to Mm. start tailgating for a game that didn't kick off to a 5.20. Now yeah. you're probably saying that's not that big of a deal, dog. 
they yeah. were lined up on the street, yeah, tailgating. Yeah, they that, were that's a lot of a lot of booze. <laughs> Lot of eleven thirty, eleven forty-five <laughs> in the morning. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know if any of them remember that day. In that's the a, heat, that's it a was lot. like eighty-eight degrees this uh, past Sunday. It was so yeah. So people people go into the stadium fucked up. Yeah, and that's where the problems start. Yeah. Speaking of that stadium, um, your boy Brock Purdy's looking good. <clears throat> Yeah, man. I mean, he's he's. You can't take anything away from him. Not a thing. All you can do is is recognize that he, Brock Purdy, is a part of a very good, very talented, very well coached team that is in this very early goings of this NFL season. Right now, is hitting on all cylinders and is the best team of football. Um until proven otherwise. And it might be the Eagles that do it, you know, when the mm-hmm. Niners and the Eagles play mm-hmm. you know, in week 10 or week 12. I forget when it is. Uh, but, yeah, no, Brock Purdy is – he's – He's not <laughs> – like, Brock Purdy has actually become uh, one of my favorite watches. Uh, he I'm, – I'm telling you, as a guy who saw basically every game Joe Montana ever played, he reminds me of Montana – so much in everything he does, the way he interacts with the team, the way he throws, even his form. He's about the same size, uh, same type of accuracy. It's just, it's uncanny how I'm, I'm like, oh, so this is what Joe would look like if he was playing now. <laughs> he, he's, I, he's not quite as mobile as Montana was, but still yeah. pretty uh, nifty feet with that kid. Um, and he's, the most important thing a quarterback can do is make a good decision, and he his decisions are quick and decisive and accurate and on time. The kid is nice. He 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 gets the ball to guys that are open. He's efficient. Yeah, and he doesn't make mistakes. He he he's got zero interceptions so far on the year. By the way, Jimmy Garoppolo leads the league with seven interceptions. Oh, shocking. Just po- just pointing that out. Um, <laughs> um, the 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 thing about Purdy is when he makes mistakes, that young quarterbacks, young players will make a mistake, and then they will compound that mistake yeah. by making others. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah. They will. They will. Oh my God! I did this, and they will. They will tr- they will overcorrect so to try and not make that mistake again, mm-hmm. or they will just keep making that mistake because they can't figure out a way to get out of it. Yep. What I've seen from Brock Purdy, in addition to all the other things you just said, notice I didn't disagree with anything you just said, <laughs> but what I've seen from him and what impresses me about him is that he doesn't make the same mistake twice, and he doesn't compound mistakes i think about early in the game against the cowboys where he was still good but he was off just a tick yeah missed the throw to brandon Ayuk. he had a throw to mccaffrey that got mccaffrey in a bad position and there was a helmet to helmet hit Uh, so that worked out for the niners mccaffrey was okay but it was it was a hospital ball to mccaffrey as uh, as they call it Mm -hmm. he was a little bit off yeah because the pressure was coming up the middle. Well, he found a way 
to, like I said, not continue to make those mistakes and not compound one mistake on top of another, one after another. Once he figured that out midway through the second quarter, because it wasn't a particularly crazy game by Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Once he once Brock Purdy figured that out midway through the second quarter, it was a wrap from that point. He was 7 of 8 for 120 yards yeah. in the third quarter. Sweet. It gets no more efficient than that. And remember, the previous game, he had only he only had one incompletion. Mm-hmm. So he's 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 accurate, he's decisive. He has the requisite amount of athleticism you need to play. He's not Lamar Jackson, yeah. but he's not a statue. Yeah. Um, he's he's he can throw the deep ball. He's got touch. There are some leadership qualities. I I from talking to guys on the record, we had Kyle Uzcheck on the post game show, yeah. the, the fullback uh, uh, after the game against the Cowboys, and talking to guys off the record. Yeah. They one hundred percent are all in and believe that kid. So yep. he's got the leadership qualities, and like I said. He's efficient. He understands what Kyle Shanahan wants him to do, and he's accurate. You yeah. do all of those things at quarterback with the talent he has around him offensively mm-hmm. and what they do defensively. They're a good team, man. And yeah. I said before the season I thought they were going to the Super Bowl. I, there was a long way to go, but I damn sure believe it now. I, I, I mean, it's, it's sort of the same – Anytime one of these unheralded QBs pops up, they just have to go through a bunch of, oh, is it real? I mean, this is what happened with Tom Brady. Uh, Same thing with him. Is this guy real? Is this guy legit? I mean, yes. Now, listen, Tom Brady's first, probably first four or five years, he was carried by that uh, defense. defense. But but, but the the similarities are he didn't hurt them. He didn't turn the ball over. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. He was accurate and decisive with the ball. He was efficient. He had enough athleticism to play the position the way it needed to be played. He had the leadership abilities and qualities. The team itself uh, uh, believed in him. And and he had, you know, he had talent around him. And he was on a team that was very well coached. I mean, the similarities are absolutely there. I, I don't think there's any hurdle that Purdy needs to overcome at this point to prove that he is legit. I, I haven't – well, I mean, he hasn't had to have a comeback yet. I think that – the comebacks are <clears> – how do I say this? So, when you're a QB, what you do in a regular season, obviously that establishes your reputation and people respect you. But the, the quarterbacks they fear are the ones that can make a play – with two minutes left in the game. And those sure. guys, like the Bradys, the Montanas, Peyton Manning was a master at it, all these cats. And it's the only thing that Purdy hasn't done yet, but he hasn't had to because they are whooping everybody's ass by such an extreme he, margin. He ran one two-minute drill this season. Uh, I forget what game it was. I forget if it was the first or second game. Uh, they've only played five so far. Um, he ran a two-minute drill at the end of the first half. Yeah. Um, and and the Niners could have, and and back in the Jimmy Garoppolo days or the lesser quarterback days, Kyle Shanahan would have just squeezed the air of the ball. He would have just ran it three times mm-hmm. and and just gone into the half and regroup. But because he believes in Brock Purdy, he knows what he has, um, he decided to let the youngster run a two-minute drill, and yeah. he ran it perfectly. Now, two-minute drill to end the first half in – a game the first, second, third week of the season, of course, yeah. is vastly different yeah. than a playoff, uh, a, a comeback game 
in an important late regular season game or, of course, a playoff game. But the still the basic framework is still there. Yeah. Can you operate under a certain amount of duress and stress from a time standpoint? And can you still operate in the same efficient, accurate, calm, cool, composed manner uh, uh, that uh, that you need to? He, he answered that question. So I, I think when it comes down to it, they won't the Niners won't have any fear that he will be able to do that job because he's done every other job you've asked for him to do yeah. better than anybody could have imagined. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you got to give the kid all of his props. He, he has earned all the – I hope – I know people are saying Christian McCaffrey, but to me, this kid is the MVP. I mean, he's the trigger man. The, the most important player on any team is the quarterback. And as Christian McCaffrey – I think it's a better football player. Is he though? But is okay. he? Are we still yeah. underestimating? Dog. Are Dog. we still underestimating Brock Purdy? Dog. Right. Brock and, Purdy. and listen, Brock, Brock Purdy, in fairness, has not yet played a full seventeen-game regular season. This I get is that. True. I understand. This I understand that. Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> I'm just talking better football player. I know they play two completely different positions. However. Opposing defensive coordinators, first guy you talk about stopping is Christian McCaffrey. Sure. Flat out. Sure. Brock Purdy is second on that list. And this is not to say that Brock Purdy wouldn't have success if he didn't have Christian McCaffrey. I think he would. But Christian McCaffrey is a football player. There's nothing he can't do. And what everything he does, he does at a high level. Damn near won the Heisman Trophy. Has been Mm -hmm. an All-Pro before has been a pro bowler, is playing at an all-pro level level right now. And if he continues to play this way, I don't think he's going to win MVP because this is a quarterback-driven league, and that's going to get to my point about Brock Purdy in a second. But he will damn sure get some MVP votes. Brock Purdy is on his way. He he, he hadn't played the same amount of years as Christian McCaffrey. But Brock Purdy as the trigger man for that offense – the guy that that literally everything's got to go through him yep. before anything can happen. Mm-hmm. If the Niners keep winning and he keeps playing in this way, where you can unequivocally say Brock Purdy is a main reason why he's helping them win, yeah, he's he's going to get some MVP votes. And if the Niners, you know, end up scoring close to thirty points a game as they are right now, and they have the best record in the NFL, he will more than likely win MVP. Yeah, I mean, and they're putting up 30, and and Christian hasn't been the most dominant player in every single game that they've scored 30. I mean, he was player of the month last month, though. Yeah, uh, I, I think that my gut tells me that if Purdy were a more established quarterback, he'd be the front runner for MVP. Um, Sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, you know, right now, um, he's behind odds-wise as far as Vegas is concerned, and they know. He's behind Josh Allen and um, Jalen Hurts. I think he might even still be behind Lamar Jackson. But again, if the Niners continue to do what they're doing and he continues to play the way that he's playing in a very calm, cool, calculated, efficient manner, and he's a trigger man for an offense that's scoring 30 points a game because of his play, Purdy's, but also because of uh, McCaffrey's contributions, Ayuk's contributions, we could keep going on down the list. Yeah. Um, but if they keep playing this way and they keep scoring these points and they keep winning these games, yeah, man, he's yeah, he's going to be the MVP. On the other side of that equation, 
Russell Wilson. <laughs> Russell Wilson. I I am again, this is another one of those guys who fascinates me. I think that Russell Wilson has done so much damage to his legacy and to his career by simply being kind of an arrogant dick. And all the stories are come, like where there's smoke this fire. And I say what you want about Marshawn Lynch, but that dude ain't lying. That dude ain't lying to nobody. So if it's his opinion, I'm rolling with it. And I saw him with an uh, in, in interview with uh, Shannon Sharp, and he talked about Russell Wilson. Said that dude is weird. He's like, listen, I'd roll with him. That's my quarterback. But as a guy, he wasn't. He didn't hang with us, man. Mm-hmm. He he separated himself from the team, and it made us mad because he was getting special treatment. And he talked about that last play in the Super Bowl. Like they did. He's like, listen, I don't know if it's a conspiracy theory or none of that stuff, but all I know is that ball should have basically he said the ball should have gone to me and every single person who when the play was being called out in the in the huddle, the whole team looked they all looked at each other like what? Mm-hmm. And then he's pissed. He said, he said after the play, um, everybody's pissed off. Russell Wilson just goes, Yeah, we'll get we'll get him next time. And Marshawn said he was just pissed and he laughed in Pete Carroll's face. And he said, yeah, the dude, he said, I went and approached Russell just as a, as a, as a teammate, as a player, et cetera. I tried to – he said, this dude was like wouldn't give us – wouldn't give teammates his phone number to call. He had to go through an assistant to reach Russell. I'm like, get the fuck out of here, dude. No wonder motherfuckers don't like you. You know, people might think that it is unnecessary – for a quarterback to be accessible or be one of the boys, just to mm. use that that catch-all yeah. phrase, you say, "Hey, listen, wh- why why does he have to be? Yeah. He's, he's got he's got a job to do. It's a very difficult and important job, you know. And and if he's if that's the type of person that wants to be one of the boys, then mm-hmm. he shouldn't be dinged for that. Yep. Um, it's quite the contrary, actually. Yeah. It's yep. very important for a quarterback to be seen as one of the boys because as as Marshawn Lynch said, r- rightly or wrongly. The quarterback is seen as the extension of the head coach. Yep. Is seen as the extension of of the general manager and even the owner. You you are the quarterback, you're the most important, the most visible. You are the face of the franchise. Mm-hmm. And they 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 have given you that 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 title. They have put you on that pedestal and you making the big bucks. Um if you are seen as someone who thinks that you are too good for the guys who are literally putting their bodies and and their 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 futures yeah. on the line to play this game, I'll be there highly compensated to do so. But if they're putting their bodies on the line, you, you are separating yourself. Well, then that means that you, and again, rightly or wrongly, the coach and the general manager and the owner, they think that you're better than everybody else. Well, mm-hmm. why should we? do all the necessary and maybe even unnecessary grunt work for a guy like you. And like I said, rightly or wrongly, that's just the way NFL players look at the quarterback position. Yeah. And I say all this because I know for a fact, because I've been told this yeah. by Jerry Rice and by Ronnie Lott mm-hmm. and told this by people who who were in the Patriots organization yeah. and they know the 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 ins and outs of how they got down when Tom Brady was there. Yep. Joe Montana yes 
was one of the dudes. He was. Joe Montana would kick it with the offensive linemen. He would kick it with the defensive players. Mm -hmm. He would drink beer with him. He would go out. He'd run the streets with him. Joe Montana, even though he doesn't give you any impression that he's got any type of personality, (laughs) Joe Montana was one of the dudes. Yeah. And And that's kind of what made it difficult for Steve Young. Exactly. But but Steve, you know, he and Joe are completely different. And Steve is, you know, he's not a beer drinker or a hell yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. Steve was relatable, and he was one of the dudes. Yeah. John Elway, Dan Marino. All of them, yes. Tom Brady. Tom Brady will shotgun a beer. Tom Dude. Brady would go and hang out with everybody on the team. Tom there's, Brady. There's nobody was, more one of the dudes than Kenny than, Stabler. You than know what I'm Ken, saying? Ken Stabler. You keep going on down the list. You talk about great quarterbacks and even quarterbacks that, that weren't all-time greats or, yeah. or, or Hall of Famers, but guys that had good runs, yeah. they were all part of the team. Mm-hmm. They were all one of the dudes. That's extremely important yep. for you to be of that mindset as a quarterback and Russell Wilson for whatever reason, because he didn't want to be, because he didn't have to be, because he didn't think that he was anything like the non quarterbacks on that team. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson just didn't get it. And Pete Carroll allowed him to get away with it. And Pete Carroll finally had enough and said, okay, peace. I, 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 he, he protected Russell so much. And, and, and this is coming from a guy who I was a big Russell Wilson fan for years. Uh, I just love the way he got down on the on the field, but mm-hmm. once once the physical talent start to go, you've got to you got to step up your game. You got, if you don't get that team on your side, and you're losing your physical abilities and your physical skills, forget it, dude. Nobody mm-hmm. wants you. They are waiting for the for a reason to get rid of your punk ass, mm-hmm. and that's what they did. And now you're seeing uh, what's happened with him being over at the Broncos, and he's had a couple of games that went horrific. But he's a shell. You want to talk about a dude who fell off a cliff fast, Russell Wilson? Yeah, man. It's uh, but you know, <laughs> when it goes, it goes quick. That's sports Ooh, for you, man. There, Ooh, there is wee. there is no gradual decline in sports, man. Mm-mm. You you don't you don't get that because it is very cutthroat, just the business itself. Also, yeah. because we see everything. Um, you know, you don't get to all of a sudden, there is no time gap in between. Oh, I, I just saw this guy last play, you know, months ago. Like, no, you're watching every single game. Mm-hmm. And you see that drop-off happen, and there's no coming back from it. Don't there's it. no you, – you can't – it's hard to tie a knot in the bottom of a rope and, and hang on. And that's what makes – you know what LeBron is currently pulling off, what Tom Brady was able yeah. to pull off, what a lot of I should say a lot of guys, but what the elite guys have been able to pull off. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's rare, man. Because when it goes, it goes quick and it is obvious. And it's and it's ugly and it's sad. Um, I've got before we get out of here, I got two more things I want to hit you with. Mm-hmm. I'll just read I'll just read this first one to you. Former President Trump. <laughs> I'm glad you're not calling him my guy, <laughs> your boy. I'm glad you're not doing that. Thanks. Demanded a – remember we talked last week about he got dropped from the Forbes list? Yes. Demand, demanded a full apology from Forbes magazine after dropping off a list of wealthiest Americans. I hereby demand a full apology from the failing Forbes magazine. 
He then accused Forbes of being owned by China and wrote China would do anything to stop MAGA. Trump is the front runner for GOP presidential nomination, blah, blah, blah. Trump expressed a frustration with dropping from the Forbes 400 ranking on True Social. As well, in that post, he said Forbes was very badly failing and lost relevance a long time ago. So then Robert, why do you care what they think about it? Exactly. Exactly. God, such a child. Exactly. What a fragile ego. Like what a fragile, petulant little girl he is. Oh, and I man. say that with all due respect to girls. <laughs> and the petulant. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. Like what why do you care so much about Forrest? He his whole thing is being built up as this great businessman. As this one of the wealthiest guys in the world, and blah blah blah, and you're not, and now Wait, all the bullshit is coming out. Here, here's what I find funny: is that you have been now for the past three years and counting, and been running around telling any dumbass who will listen to you that you won the election. Yep. Why don't you keep that same energy for the Forbes Richest American list and just say? <laughs> Nah, they got it wrong. <laughs> I'm still one of the richest Americans. Oh, yeah. And he, he is doing that. He is doing that, by the way. You know that he is. He's telling everybody he's still rich. But you're not, dude. There's paperwork everywhere. We got this whole uh, civil case, this fraud case, telling us that you are fucking broke as a joke. Like, I, it's one of the great con jobs in the history of this nation is Donald Trump as president and amazing businessman. It It's kills me how many people still think this dude is brilliant at his job. He's such a, well, stupid people do. That's, yes, this is true. This is very no, true. No one with any critical sk thinking skills uh, believes that, or, or no one who's not falling victim to mm. the cult of his personality uh, thinks that. So, he, yeah, it's, he's, he's such a lame. He's just a lame. It's just, <laughs> you know, if, if, if he and his um his his followers yeah. weren't so dangerous, it would be a lot more comical. Mm -hmm. But he, he's just he's a lame. That's he's just the the right though is they they're eating themselves. I mean the idea that they can't pick a fucking speaker of the house and then this bullshit I don't know how much pinch you paid to this, but last week uh Kevin McCarthy was evicted from his speakership uh, by Matt Gates and a bunch of rogue righties and uh, all of the Democrats all voted to oust Kevin McCarthy. And I'm watching, this is how weird they are. I'm watching these guys come on the news and blame the Democrats for not saving Kevin McCarthy. What the fuck? Are you, they didn't want Kevin McCarthy as, they want Kim Jeffries as speaker. Why would they do anything to help you losers? I'm, I mean, again, these people are just lames. It's <laughs> none of because they they realize that they're not going to be called out by their constituents, the people that they're doing all this for. They're not going to be called out by their voters for their cognitive dissonance. Yeah. So they just so they'll, so they'll just do it because they know they're going to get the attention and know they're going to get the cameras in their face. Like I said, if 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 this ideology. And the, the politicians who push it and the people who eat it up wasn't so dangerous. It mm. would be comical because these be. people are just so fucking, they're lame. Stupid. It's just stupid. All right, let me close with this because uh, 
I'm sure you're following this, but this is just a fascinating story and also crazy. Jada Pinkett is making the rounds. Yo, dog. Uh, yeah, this is Yo. wild. This is wild. <laughs> these these two fucking people, man. Anyway, go ahead. No, no. I mean, you know what it is. Like the Jada, the big revelation is that she and Will have been living completely separate lives since 2016. They just haven't gotten divorced. So what was all this shit about in the first? Like Will Smith looks like an even bigger mark. So no, okay. So you didn't hear what? Who's alleging this? I think, I think it might be Jada's messy ass, and she oh. is a messy broad. Ugh, just messy. <laughs> um, she, I, I, I should look this up. Well, I, she is alleging mm. that. When word got out in the Hollywood circles that she and Will were separated and not living together, yeah, Chris Rock, yes, called her, yeah, and you know basically asked her out. Chris yeah. Rock allegedly, according to Jada Pinkett, if I'm remembering this correctly, I'm going to look it up here in a second. Uh, uh, Chris Rock tried to get at her. Yeah, I uh, heard that. Basically I heard saying, that. I heard you and Will broke up. So, hey, you know, how about you give me a shot? Um, then Jada's messy ass probably ran right to Will. Uh-huh. And said, Chris tried to get at me. Will is already, you know, uh, uh, in his feelings. Because yeah. Jada's pining for a dead man in Tupac. <laughs> has been and is still doing it. And now, now I'm yeah. getting messy, but fuck it. Uh, <laughs> They put all this shit out here. I'm gonna talk about it. Wow, um, you know Jada out here fucking her 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 son's friends, calling that it dude. entanglements. Dude. Will is all you know already got Will on TV crying and shit at the red table with red eyes because he crying over a woman that's fucking everybody, pining for a dead man and mm -hmm. don't want him. And now his homie Chris Rock trying to dirty Mac on his girl because Ooh, he heard that they ain't they ain't together no more. Ooh, child. So <laughs> I mean just yeah what a messy broad. Just just get divorced. Just get divorced. Like what are we doing? If everybody know now if the world knows y'all are separated, what's the point of playing this game? What's the point of taking pictures together as a family? Because they like doing this shit. They love they so she weird. she loves the drama. She absolutely that's she that's why I call her a messy broad. I mean, I, I don't I don't want to speak, I don't I, I don't want to call out her name and use the yeah. other B word. Yeah. But she a messy ass broad. She loves the drama. And Will Smith, for whatever reason, is just he can't he can't let go. Dude, he, he cannot let go. He's out here looking like the biggest mark. I mean, bruh, let this shit go. You will fucking Smith, dude. You don't have to deal with this shit. Now you got now now I'm like, oh wait a minute. You went and slapped this dude on stage for a chick that you're not even with? What? And she out here popping other cats, letting other cats pop? What? She fucked her son's friend. That's, I mean, what are we doing, dude? You embarrassing yourself. You embarrass. This is not on some like this is not on some like toxic masculinity type shit. Oh, this is my wall. This is like some embarrassing ass, like on a human level type shit. Like you should be ashamed. 
so uh, she's got a book coming out because, of course. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, Messy Jada said to People Magazine, every summer all the reports would come out that me and Will were getting a divorce. And this particular summer, she doesn't give a date on it, and this particular summer, Chris Rock thought that we, Will and I, were getting a divorce. So he called me and he basically was like, I'd love to take you out. She says she was taken aback by the call. Mm -hmm. I was like, what do you mean? He was like, well, aren't you and Will getting a divorce? I was like, and these are her words. She loves using the word like. I was like, no, Chris, those are just rumors. He was appalled and he profusely apologized. And that was that. I doubt seriously that was that. I guarantee you she told Mm -hmm as quickly as she could Mm -hmm. she told will exactly what happened because nothing makes a messy broad feel better than knowing that she's got other people out there pining for her and if she tells the man that 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 loves her but she don't love him if she tells him that everybody out here trying to get a piece of me you're gonna let this thing go He's going to want to fight for you. And literally, that's exactly what he did at the Oscars a couple yeah, of years ago. It's, it's insane. She's such a messy broad, dude. You are way too old <laughs> to be acting that goddamn messy. And let me let me ask you this. Will Smith is your boy. What are you saying to him right now? Hey, man, you, you man. <sighs> Dog. Did... <laughs> Fuck it. I'm going to say it. <laughs> say it. <laughs> Man, didn't you? Eva Mendez was on your job, dog. Ooh, child. Eva Margot Robbie. Man, what was 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 doing everything she could? What to 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 get with you? What? And you over here? I, I understand she your baby mom. I get that, dog. Mm-hmm. I get that. Mm-hmm. I am fully in character in this very <laughs> hypothetical conversation I'm having with Will Smith. I get that's your baby mama, dog. But goddammit, brother kids is grown. Yep. She clearly don't want you the way you want her. Yep. She clearly playing some childish ass, messy ass games. Dog. Yeah. You need to go ahead and cut that. And let's get out here in these streets, dog. And let's yes. let's, yes. <laughs> let's be yes. and you go yes. out here and see what we can see. Yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> that's what's up. You are Will Smith. You're literally <laughs> one of the most successful human beings on the face of the planet in the past 50 years. Man, you let's do get whatever man, you want. Man, let's get out here and and and, and chase some of these women, yeah. dog. Me and you, bro. Come yeah. on, man. You you can pick up the phone and call Halle Berry. You can do that, Will. You can do that. I bet you can break up Eva Mendez's marriage right now. <laughs> Not that I condone such thing, but I bet you can do that shit. But come on, Will, let's get out of here, man. Let's let's get out of here and back on some of these females, bro. One stop of the- crying over this woman. Stop stop slapping brothers on <laughs> worldwide television. <laughs> for this woman, she don't want you, dog. One she of the few- Tupac. One of the Tupac few- is dead as a doornail. <laughs> One of the few men on the planet who can literally just walk out in the street, walk into any place he wants to, and just pick basically whatever woman he wants man, to connect. Man, if we don't get out here and run these worldwide streets, and, and, and just... I, I, I don't want to minimize the emotional aspect of this. Listen, I get it. You guys I have a bunch it. of kids together. I get it. You got, you got twenty years together. I get it. 
But bruh, sometimes you just gotta wake the fuck up. As as uh, uh, Spike Lee once said in the movie, "Wake the fuck up and get yourself together," because this relationship is toxic as fuck. She don't love you clearly. Dog. Clearly, not like that. She don't. She wouldn't have done the things she's done. She wouldn't have your business all out there in the street if she actually gave a fuck about you. Mm-hmm. She don't love you, and and that's that's what's that's what's genuinely sad about it. Is you know they were supposed to be, and this is this is our projection. This this is no faults of theirs but yeah. they were supposed to be our generation's ruby yep. d and ossie davis you dig yep. what i'm saying yep, yep. they were yep. supposed to be our generation's yep. uh, paul newman and joanne woodward you know yeah and again that's that's our projection yeah all right they they they, they, they didn't purport to be that yeah uh we put that on them so i i i, I want to give them that that grace and that understanding mm-hmm. but for it to turn out as just just fucking messy like it's it's so high school man it's so fucking high school the grown-up thing for them to do would have been to end this shit years ago because these are the types of things that can only happen when you stay together for reasons other than we want to be together as a Mm -hmm. family Mm mm-hmm Everything else is, I mean, and this would happen even if it was just like an ordinary everyday layman. People find out your shit and it just gets messier and messier. Just end the shit. It's okay. People get divorced all the time. Yeah. Even even with Will Smith and Jada, y'all can go yeah. and get divorced and split your money up. Neither one of y'all going broke. The kids are grown. Go ahead. You're 50. You're 50 plus. You got plenty of life left. Go and live that shit. What all this other shit y'all doing is for what? For who? Hey man, go and be happy because it clearly yeah. seems like you're not happy. Go clearly, happy. two miserable ass adults with no reason to stay miserable. It, it seems like this relationship has caused Will Smith a considerable amount of pain. Yo, like we've, we've we've seen this man crying on television about the things that. Have gone on in that relationship. Absolutely. I I I I hope it we we don't seem, you know, glib and and uncaring and 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 just unreasonable about this because th- this is other people's lives and this is important shit. Yeah. But boy, it sure seems like he just isn't happy. Mm-hmm. And if the source of his unhappiness is his relationship with Jada Pinkett, then. I just not because I want to see two people break up, not because I I just don't want to see that dude unhappy. Man, because I, you know, even back when he was rapping, and he was a really good rapper. Yeah, Will Smith for forty years has provided this the world with entertainment. Yeah, from, yeah, from rapping to to. Acting from TV to movies. Mm -hmm. That dude has done nothing but give us Mm -hmm. his talent. And I appreciate that. And I hate to see someone that has given so much of himself to people he doesn't know. I hate to see him suffer through something that none of us should know about. 
Yeah, dig what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And something that the average person wouldn't have to deal with publicly. Right. That's what I'm saying. Right. And you and right. you're making it. You you're in a, you're you're creating more drama for yourself. And I right. just got to wake up to get a therapist or something. And it's but but it's not even drama he's creating. Like she shouldn't be talking about this shit. Uh, I know it's her life. I know it's her story. But uh, if you really if you really love that dude and you really care about that dude, well, here's the thing: you I'm, wouldn't be you wouldn't be doing this shit publicly. And obviously, this has been done. Like 2016 is almost 10 years ago. Like that's what I'm saying. It's a, right, it's a wrap. Y'all right. should have just ended it then. Right. Now she talks about this shit. She putting wishing Tupac happy birthday and shit. I mean, come on, man. What are we doing here? Dog, she she's publicly emasculating that dude. Yeah, it's it's a shame by oh, openly shame. pining for a dead man. That's Such some that is some wicked shit. Seriously, dude. It's, I mean, and, and I'm like, I feel like I'm a fairly confident, self assured person, but that would really fuck with me. Oh, of course. That would of fuck course. with me. Like, what are we? You, what? You, you can't compete with a martyr. No, ever, not ever. Not ever. He can't. He couldn't compete with Tupac when Tupac was alive. You yeah. can't compete with dead Tupac. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. You can't compete with a guy who At is all. in 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 the community. Tupac's a fucking saint. Yeah. He he he. Tupac has reached sainthood. That's a made T- man, baby. Tupac literally cannot do anything wrong because nope. well he's not here to do anything wrong <laughs> and right. also he's not here to answer for the things he did wrong mm-hmm. when he was actually fucking alive yep. Tupac has reached sainthood and yep. that's the dude she is openly and publicly mm. pining for and she's been doing it for years that's some wild ass behavior yeah, it's it's all bad, and uh, I just want to hit one thing before we get out of here on a on a much more somber note. Uh, we didn't talk about it much, but I want to at least acknowledge what's going on between Israel and um, Hamas. Um, that shit is insane, and I don't know if there's anything anybody can do about it. We've been talking about peace in the Middle East for as long as I've been alive, so. I just don't think it's something that can ever really truly be reached. But this is a level when you're murdering babies and all that type of shit. This is a level of atrocity I haven't seen or heard of since the stuff I heard about in the Holocaust. Here, here's here's what I'll say about Israel and and Hamas. This conflict goes back thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing two two guys on a podcast can say about any yep. of it yep. that is going to resonate, make anything better or be, um, it, it, it's, it's, it's far too complicated of a subject yeah. to be talked about. We, we just talked about Will and Jada Pinkett. Yeah. It, it, talking about, a, a, a thousand plus year old conflict on a podcast mm. is not going to mm. do anybody any good, mm. especially those people over there who are dealing with a literal, real life or death situation. Absolutely. So that's that's all I got to say about that. Yeah. I'm 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 going to stick to sports and judging other people's relationships yep. when I should not be doing that. Yep. Um, <laughs> but that's fun. <laughs> bi- biblical conflicts. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna sit this one out. 
Yeah, man. Yeah, it's it's too tough. It's too harsh. And, and and I mean, we're not there. I don't know all the the nuances of that stuff, but it's awful. And I hope that it gets settled quickly. I wish I wish it were not a thing that mm-hmm. was happening in our world today. Um, it is, and unfortunately, that conflict continues to seem like the most intractable conflict in human history, and yeah. it's sad. That's true. All right, that's all I got for today, my guy. Yeah, man, I think that's enough. I think we covered the gamut. I think we spanned the world. I think we did the damn thing again. Quality Hang is not just the name of the podcast. Indeed, it is what we do when we get together. We thank you for hanging with us. Make sure you hit us up on all the socials or email us at qualityhangpod at gmail.com. My brother, let's do it again next week, shall we? Hell yeah. All right, everybody be good or be good at it. See you.